0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, December 11th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. Paranoia is the style of American politics, so says Jesse Walker, author of the new book, The United States of Paranoia. At the Cato Institute in September, Walker talked about his book and the amazing breadth of conspiratorial thinking.
1: I thought I would uh, start by discussing um, sort of three themes that go through the book. Um, Usually I just say there's two, and I just sort of realized doing a lot of radio interviews and such over the last couple of weeks that there's another theme which I did not um, spell out as much, but it helped motivate the book, and I think it um, speaks to the way a lot of people think about conspiracy theories, political paranoia, and so on. And that is that you can't reduce conspiracy thinking, broadly defined, to just a single social or psychological explanation. People love to do this, and there's always sort of the moment, or often the moment, where the interviewer asks, you know, aren't conspiracy theorists just trying to simplify a complex world? And the answer is, well, yes, that's true of many conspiracy theorists. Indeed, it's true of many theorists in general. Theories are good like that. Um, But there are others who just delight in complicating things that seem to be simple. Another uh, popular theory about conspiracy theories say that they take off because people can't accept randomness, that, for example, uh, they can't accept the idea that a nobody like Lee Harvey Oswald uh, could affect the course of history. And again, that defi- that does describe a lot of conspiracy theorists. But again, there are theorists who thrive on anomalies, who indeed seem happier collecting uh, stories of the unexplained, quote unquote, than they are actually explaining them. And there's a whole tradition I discuss in the book of sort of the followers of Charles Fort and people who came after him who just love to fight anything that sort of mucks up a theory and then come up with a theory for a day that might explain it. There's also the idea conspiracy theories flourish at times of uncertainty and crisis, and they certainly do. The trouble is they also tend to flourish at times of relative peace and prosperity. Uh, The 1990s, uh, which is about the most peaceful and uh, prosperous time of, of my lifetime in the United States. Uh, was a golden age of both frankly fictional conspiracy stories like the X-Files and uh, stories that people believed about the New World Order and so on. Now, one reason why you can't reduce conspiracy thinking to just one social or psychological explanation is because virtually everyone is capable of it. It's not just one personality type. And that gets to my second theme and one that uh, Gene talked about in his introduction, which is that American political paranoia, has been a force in the establishment as well as the extremes, and it has been for as long as there has been in America, at least as long as we have written records of, of America. I, I assume the Native Americans were full of conspiracy theories about one another, but certainly as soon as the colonists arrived on these shores, um, some sort of elite paranoia has been in uh, in progress. At the same time that, American slaves were whispering that white doctors were plotting to kidnap and dissect them. The planter class was constantly seized by fears of slave conspiracies. At the same time that the populist party's rabble-rousers were warning about East Coast banking cabals. Uh, Eastern elites were perceiving populism itself as a creation of a conspiracy, perhaps something, uh, a foreign conspiracy. At the same time that the New Left was formulating conspiracy theories about Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Johnson was pushing the FBI for evidence that the communist bloc was behind the country's riots. And I'll give some more examples of elite paranoia later on. And then the third theme is that even when a conspiracy theory is untrue, and make no mistake, some conspiracies are real. The sort of the most common criticism of the book among people who haven't read it is that um, I, how could I say there are no real conspiracies? In fact, I discussed several that you know were real, uh, involving Jig or Hoover and, and other folks like him. And of course, there are conspiracy theories that are half true, they get a hold on some facts and they build out in dubious ways. But even when a conspiracy theory says absolutely nothing true about the objects of the theory, if it catches on, it says something true about the anxieties and the experiences of the people who believe it. It becomes a form of folklore. And I think that, uh, you know, just as uh, an animist um, describes uh, natural forces as though they were concrete things as a will of their own, um, some conspiracy theorists uh, describe social forces as, they were, as though they were concrete things with a will of their own. Um, a, uh, a loss of liberty becomes a plot against liberty. A challenge to power becomes a plot against power. Uh, terrible conditions in the ghetto become a plot against blacks and so on. So with those uh, as sort of my background, I uh, decided I'd write a book that it didn't uh, espouse or debunk conspiracy folklore, but explore it, just to see what can we learn about America by taking a panoramic view of the fears that different Americans have had.
0: Jesse Walker is author of The United States of Paranoia. He's also managing editor at Reason Magazine. You can watch a forum for the book at cato.org.